Welcome back to the YALife.Vegas podcast. This is a podcast for the young adult community here at Life Baptist Church, where the goal is to help young adults effectively communicate the faith by rightly examining the scriptures. And I'm your host, Chuck Williams. I'm grateful to be with you guys. I'm so, so excited because we are getting close to the end of the book of Romans. Now, I'm excited and I'm sad at the same time because we have been in this book for about two years now, and it has just been such a good, sweet time. And and let me just say, for the young adults that have been here the entire time and for the young adults that, that continue to engage, I'm so proud of you. Because as we continue to address these questions that are in the book of Romans, you guys are using the scriptures to justify your answers. And praise the Lord. That has been my goal. That continues to be my goal. And I just want to encourage you to that end. Continue to use God's word to answer questions about God's word. Now, before we jump into Romans chapter 15 today, we will be answering our challenge question. So let's get into it. Are you challenging me? You know, that's how I feel every single time we're in the month of October and it gets to the end And you guys submit a challenge question because I already know what's coming. I feel like I already know what the challenge question is going to be. And it's one we get every single year. But we will continue to address it because I want you guys to have clarity. I want you guys to think biblically about this. So challenge question of the week is this. Should Christians celebrate Halloween? Now, if you're asking me personally, that's one thing. If you're asking in a broad scheme of should Christians do something, we need to go back to the scriptures. And I think a, a great example of when it, when you're asking, should a Christian do this or should a Christian do not do or not do this? It should follow the principles found in uh, Philippians chapter one, verse 27, where it says only live your lives in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. I think that is the biggest question that we need to be asking if we're celebrating or participating in any type of event. Is this living in a manner worthy of the gospel? Now, after that, that um, foundation is laid, we need to do some clarification. What do you mean by celebrate? Are you talking about celebrating in demonic activity or are you talking about celebrating in dressing up like my favorite cartoon character and going on somebody's door and knocking and asking for candy or taking my nephew or my niece or my kids or, you know, family members along doing these things? This is what we need to, you know, get clarity and get understanding on, because obviously the former is not something that we need to do. We are not to participate in matters of darkness or be with uh, demonic activity. We, we, we are to flee and get away from that stuff. The Lord has saved us from the domain of darkness and brought us into his marvelous light. Those who have pl- placed faith in Jesus Christ are no longer in that area. So we are children of light and we need to act as such, because what it says in Second Corinthians chapter six, verse 14 is rightly so of us. What fellowship has light with darkness? We are children of the light. So therefore we shine bright in the darkness. We do not allow the darkness to overcome us and we do not hide our light when we enter into darkness. There are some people that use Halloween as an opportunity to continue to spread the gospel, to reach people through this this pagan holiday and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. More power to you. 
But then there are some people that think that they're able to do that, but then they fall into the category of bad company corrupts good morals. And they get subjected to living this debauchery that all of them are also in. So we need to be very, very careful because there's a ditch on both sides. We don't want to completely abstain from impacting the world how the world is operating. And then on top of that, we don't want to be so involved that we neglect our mission. We neglect how it is that we are supposed to um, be ambassadors for Christ in this dark, sinful world. So we serve a redeeming God. And we need to understand that there are so many things in this world that is worth redeeming. There are so many things in this world that we can rightly be a light into. So when we're talking about the subject of Halloween and what that looks like for the believer, we have to remember the principles of Romans chapter 14. There are personal preferences and then there are biblical convictions. We can't allow our own convictions about a holiday to cause division within the body of Christ. We can't do this, guys, nor are we to use our freedom in Christ to cause others to stumble in their faith. Each person must be convinced in their own mind. If there is a biblical conviction why you do not celebrate Halloween, why you do not go out trick-or-treating, why you don't go out to the parties, why you don't even leave your house, listen, I understand that. Do not, you cannot impress upon those convictions on someone else. There are people that I know, good friends, that had the worst experiences on Halloween that brought them to the Lord. So they completely abstain from that. And then there are other friends that I have that absolutely use Halloween as a evangelistic opportunity because they can now witness to, to people that they would not have talked to otherwise. So once again, guys, I, I highly encourage you use wisdom in this and also understand Halloween does not give you a license to act like the world. That is not it. We are still Christians, those who repent of their sin and place faith in Jesus Christ, there's still a standard that we need to act appropriately. Once again, Philippians 1.27, only live your lives in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. We are his ambassadors. We are his spokespeople. We need to be the light shining in the darkness Everywhere, not just on Halloween, not just on Sunday, not just on enduring our work, but every single area of our lives, we need to be that light and we need to maintain that consistency. So I encourage you guys, continue to seek the scriptures, follow what the Lord is calling you to do and, and be obedient to that. Because I'm not going to be standing there next to you when the Lord is asking you about the life that you lived. That is something that you are going to stand before the Lord with. That's something that I'm going to stand before the Lord with and have to give an account for all of that. So, again, guys, when we are living our lives in a manner worthy of the gospel, these are things that we do not have to worry about. Because at the end of the day, we're saying, Lord, this is no longer my life. What it is that you want me to do, that is what I'm going to do with it. Even in regards to how we celebrate Halloween. So, hope that is encouraging for you guys. I continue um, to uh, just just provide encouragement. There's videos that I'm going to be putting out on our Instagram in regards to this. There's one by For the Gospel, uh, Kosti Hens Ministry. That was an excellent one. So if you have not seen that one, that is on our um, Instagram at ya.life.vegas. 
Um, it, it's phenomenal. Like there are a ton of people that is doing research on this and there's a ton of people that come to some biblical conclusions on this. But once again, we need to incorporate those principles from Romans 14 and have our personal convictions. I mean, our personal preferences be our personal um, preferences and our biblical convictions be our biblical convictions. Don't let anyone sway you. Have the word of God be that which sways you and that which sways others because we're not the authority. God's word is. Speaking of God's word, let's jump into Romans chapter 15. Guys, we finished the book of Romans chapter 15 today and we have one more chapter left. So we have five questions and then we are that much closer to completing a two year study in the book of Romans. So Romans chapter 15, starting in verse 22, it says this. For this reason, I have often been prevented from coming to you, but now with no further place for me in these regions. And since I have had for many years a longing to come to you whenever I go to Spain, for I hope passing through to see you and to be helped on my way there by you when I have first enjoyed your company for a while. But now I am going to Jerusalem to serve the saints. For Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to share with the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. Yes, they were pleased to do so, and they are indebted to them. For if the Gentiles have shared in the spiritual things, they are indebted to minister to them also in material things. Therefore, when I have completed this and have put my seal on this fruit of theirs, I will go on by the way of you to Spain. And I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessings of Christ. Now I urge you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God for me, that I may be rescued from those who are in the dis- who are in disobedient in Judea, and that my service for Jerusalem may prove acceptable to the saints, so that I may come to you in joy by the will of God and find rest in your company. Now, may the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Such a good chapter. So in regards to verse 22, here's the question. If the believers in Rome are doing so good, why does Paul desire to visit them again? Now, when you're looking at this, it, it would seem that, okay, well, Paul is encouraging them. He's, he's reminding them. He's giving them a whole systematic theology on what this life in Christ is, but they're doing good. It's not as though they're doing bad. Like he's not reprimanding a lot of them in what they're doing. He, he's just laying out a case for what the gospel is. He's laying out a case for God's plan. He's laying out a case for like a basic study for those in Rome. It's not a bad letter. It's one that's really encouraging. And he's saying all these good things. But but if they're doing so good, why would Paul desire to go and see them? Shouldn't they just be good? Well, this is a point back to Romans chapter one, verse 11, where he says, for I long to see you so that I may impart some spiritual gift to you that you may be strengthened. That is to be mature. I mean, to be mutually encouraged while among you. And by each other's faith, both yours and mine. So once again, the Apostle Paul is wanting to be there so that way they can be encouraged mutually 
by their faith. That is the spiritual gift that he's imparting onto them. It's this encouragement of the saints, which is why it's so important for us to be in community, which is why the the iron of this, of sharpening iron for the believers is so crucial. Listen, not only were we created for a relationship, but we were meant to live in relationship with other believers. So, so we continue to do so. So this is a, a huge reason why Paul wants to be there with them. He is seeing and hearing about the encouragement of those in Rome, and he desires to be with them, to be encouraged himself and to continue to encourage them. Just like us, we need to continue to be around believers. Proverbs tells us those who isolate seek their own desires. But those who are in community, we need to be those who are building each other up to edify each other, to encourage each other and to make sure that we're not being too harsh on ourselves and make sure that we're not being too lenient. So this is the main reason why Paul desires to be with them in Rome. Now, in regards to verse 23 and 24, here's the question. How does this reflect his commitment, Paul's commitment to preaching the gospel in a region where Christ has not been preached. Because once again, in verse 23 and 24, it says, but now with no further place for me in these regions, and since I have had for many years a longing to see you whenever I go to Spain, I hope that passing through to see you, that I will be helped on my way by you. Like he was, I mean, uh, when I was first enjoyed your company for a while. So Paul is feeling as though his work is coming to an end in the East. He is feeling as though the the call that God had him to go to the Gentiles to continue to proclaim the word where it was not preached, that is coming to an end, which is where he has taken this gift to Jerusalem. So after Paul has completed his responsibilities, being sure that the gift was safely in the hands of those in Jerusalem, he would start for Spain and come to Rome and, and, and be with the believers there. And he is confident that this visit would accompany the full measure of God's blessing, of Christ's blessing, always being in mind of what the apostle is on mission doing, the the spiritual potential that it would have for just the encouragement of others and the personal contact that he would enjoy just being with them. This is him saying that he sees that his mission from God is coming to a close. And, And we know this as we read the ending of the book of Acts. Paul's ministry comes to a close as he is in a Roman prison when he finally gets there. So this is once again, Paul's writing and and seeing that, yes, God has given me a mission. I am fulfilling that mission and I am almost done. And, and I long to see you when I'm done, to be encouraged because Paul's been through a lot. <laughs> Last Thursday, we had Mary Morgan give just a list of things that Paul has just went through. And I'm telling you, it's a lot. We are blessed not to be those that have to suffer the same way that the Apostle Paul has suffered. Our suffering pales in comparison and, and here in America and, and understanding that the Apostle Paul is encouraged even through this should only lift us up even more. Now, in verse 25, the Apostle Paul says, but now I'm going to Jerusalem to serve the saints. What is this service to the saints that he is talking about. He is expressing his intentions to go to Jerusalem. But what is the purpose of this? Once again, when we're looking all throughout scripture, and this is what I love about the book of Romans, because it is telling Paul's or Paul is telling 
um, the encouragement that he's having for the Romans. But we have the context of Acts. We have the context of First Corinthians and Second Corinthians and his epistles and what he is doing in all of this. And we see in First Corinthians chapter 16 that he is collecting this gift. He is uh, talking to the, the church in uh, um, Corinthian, uh, the, the Corinthian believers, and he's t- telling them in verse um, one of chapter 16, he says, now concerning the collection for the saints, the same gift that he is talking about in Romans chapter 15, he says, I direct that the churches of Galatia and so um, do you also on the first day of every week, each of you is to set something aside, saving whatever he has as um, as uh, whatever he has as prospered so that the collection will be made when he comes. And when he arrives, that whomever you may approve, I will send with them letters to carry this gracious gift to Jerusalem. And he says, it is fitting for me to go also, and they will go with him. So this is the gift that he is talking about. And we see this in in Second uh, Corinthians as well. And then we see this, you know, come to fruition in the book of Acts. So Paul's primary um, duty was to take care of home base and home base was in Jerusalem. Because once again, when we're looking at Acts chapter um, one, verse eight, what was the command? What what how were they to go off and do these things? They were to do this in Jerusalem and then in Judea in Samaria and then to the ends of the earth. So Jerusalem was home base. This was where all the believers started and they, they would branch out from here and and. This is just such a good principle for us to have and for us to to keep in mind. We take care of our own. Then we go off and we take care of others before we go to the ends of the earth. So I, I love the heart of a person that when they just get saved, they say, you know what? I need to go to the ends of the earth and preach the gospel. Praise the Lord. Amen. I, I, I think you should. But have you preached the gospel in your inner circle first? Have you been to your family members? Have you been to your workplace? Have you been to your school environment? Have you preached the gospel there first? Like this is what we need to be doing. There's a circle of influence that we all have. And we need to use that first and foremost before we're trying to go throughout the ends of the earth. Because once again, Jesus gave the apostles this structure. He says, you're going to be my witnesses first in Jerusalem, then in Judea, Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. It wasn't as though, okay, you're going to be more willing to go to the ends of earth and, and do all that. No, there was a structure for all of this stuff. So Paul is, again, being strategic in making sure that home base is taken care of and then going out to everyone else because they were poor in Jerusalem that needed to be attended to. And the, the churches would contribute to that, which was which was once again, another principle that when we see this, it benefits us. Now, in Romans chapter uh, uh, 15, verses 26 and uh, uh, 26 to 29, here, here's the question for that. What does this say about the generosity and the partnership in supporting the church in Jerusalem? Number one, it says a lot because we are supporting and taking care of our own. We take care of our people. But notice the generosity that is being displayed here in in the book of Romans that Paul is talking about. He is saying that not only was he receiving these gifts from all these churches, but they were helping him as well. So Paul is is showing that not only 
is the model in Acts 2 being portrayed in Acts 2, but is consistent throughout the entire church. This is a consistent theme for believers, not just a one-time occurrence. This also models how we are to be believers of generosity today. Today, we need to be those who are generous. When, when, they, when our leaders and others pour spiritual blessings on us, it is we are indebted to 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 repay that, whether it be in monetary blessings, whether it be in financial blessings, whether it be in something because of the simple fact that the, the spiritual impartation that they do for us is way more than any material things that we can have. Now, this does not mean that it's justifiable for a pastor to go off and and have planes and jets and all this other stuff because the church is just giving money to their pockets. No, once again, this money went to the poor. It went to those who are in need. And we are taking care of our own when we do this. So the generosity that the church has today is with the mindset of this is taking care of our people. We are the ones, not the government, not any other system that the world builds, but the church is the one who is taking care of our own, which is our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then the ends of the earth. And then the last question that we have here comes from verses 30 through 33. And this is like the benediction, another benediction that Paul gives. And I think this is like the fourth benediction. We have one in uh, Romans chapter one, verse 25, Romans nine, verse five, uh, Romans 11, verse 36. And then um, uh, there will be another one in Romans chapter uh, 16, verse 27. Now, these benedictions, like we talked about, are Paul's final greeting, his blessing, his prayer over them as they leave. And they would say amen in agreement to this. So what specific requests in this benediction does Paul make and how can believers today apply this? Now, I think this is just so phenomenal because just listen to this. The Apostle Paul says, now I urge you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God for me that I may be rescued from those who are disobedient in Judea and that my service for Jerusalem may, uh, may prove acceptable to the saints so that I may come to you in joy and by the will of God and find rest in your company. Now, may the God of peace be with you all. Amen. So, so we see Paul is talking about prayer. He's asking them to pray as we all should. We should pray for those who are in Israel. And, and, and once again, this is not some one sided thing that we're trying to say, oh, we're picking sides. No, we're praying that God would bring peace in the Middle East. We're praying that God would would um, just save those that are lost, because the only peace that we rightfully know is in Jesus Christ. So we're praying that they repent of their sin and they place faith in Jesus Christ, those in Palestine and those in Israel. We're, we're praying for God to just cover all of this. Now, this is what the Apostle Paul is saying. Strive with us in the love of the spirit in this type of prayer. So that we are interceding on the behalf of others, praying as though, God, we're pleading with you to act and to move on behalf of those who are doing your work so that what service is being rendered may be acceptable. This is another thing, guys. There is work to be done in the kingdom. We need to stay on mission. When we get off mission, when we lose focus, when we take our eyes off Christ and do what we desire to do, 
We're not focused. And those are the type of things that would be burnt up. Those are the worthless things that do not have any eternal value. But the things that we are doing to advance the kingdom of God, to 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 go to the uh, Jerusalem's and Judea and Samaria and ends of the earth to preach the gospel. Those are the things that are acceptable to God because we're not doing this in our own strength. We're operating out of the spirit that is in us by being obedient so that the will of God is continuing to be done in our lives. And we can too, like Paul, find rest when we, when we have done all that we have done and when we have done all that God has commanded us to do. And that's a part of the great commission to go therefore and teach the nation, baptize the nation. We are the messengers. We are the witnesses and we can't lose focus of what our mission is. We need to remain focused. Now, I love this letter of Romans. I I love chapter 15 because it expresses Paul's heart, his personal heart and his journey and how he has been going about doing all this. And if there is any encouragement that I can provide for anyone listening to this, it's to stay on mission. Don't get lost in the sauce. Try to to keep the focus on Jesus in all aspects of your life. It's hard because of the simple fact we live in a sin-ridden world that always tries to pull our attention, that always tries to get us to do things that um, are of our flesh. But listen, we continue to deny ourselves and walk in the Spirit. And, and when we do that, He does in and through us all that is pleasing to God. So as we leave, I want to leave you as Paul did with uh, this ending chapter, he left them with a benediction. I'm going to be praying for you as I always do. And, and I just want to leave you with this word of encouragement. Now to the God of peace, who brought up from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, our Lord Jesus, equip you in every good thing to do his will. By doing in us what is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Romans chapter 15 is done, guys. That is it for Romans chapter 15. But we will be jumping into Romans chapter 16 and finishing this book this year, Lord willing. (laughs) I'm so grateful for all you guys sticking around i'm so grateful that you continue to listen to this podcast like share do all the things that people do on social media and we will catch you guys next time but i want to encourage you to stay close and clean to yahweh our god